welcome back to Football a la Turca. This is episode 7 and uh, we're here again during the international break or at the tail end of the international break. Of course, we've already seen both of Turkey's games, both wins against Moldavo and Albania. We're all happy about that. We're coming off of uh, council elections in Turkey as well, but we're not going to delve into politics on the podcast here. Uh, what we are going to delve in, because there haven't been any Super League matches yet, those are coming on the weekend, so we decided to do another bonus episode to stick with the one episode per week format that you're now used to, most probably. Uh, so just to make sure you've got something to listen to on your commute to work or wherever you may listen to our podcast, I am joined once again by Burak Sezgin and Uzer Dinger to bring you a very special bonus episode. Today we're going to talk about our own personal favorite starting 11s. Now, next week, uh, Uzer and Burak both won't be able to be here with me to record so we'll ha- bring in two guests pat cox will be returning and another friend of mine umut naderi will be joining us as well he'll be representing galatasaray and of course pat will represent fenerbahce um but uh, burak is going to the states he's going to wrestlemania so burak i'm going to give you all the hard work today and you're going to be running the show, so I'm done with talking for now, and you can take it from here. Thank you very much, Khan. Uh, welcome to this bonus episode, uh, boys and girls. As Khan said, we wanted to do something a little bit fun, and we wanted to give you something to listen to as well whilst you wait for the next round of Super League games. So we decided that we would come up with our all-time favourite 11 players for our respective clubs, um, there are a few rules and regulations around this. You have to have seen that player play football, whether live or on TV. So no one like Arasim Kara for Besiktas or Ametin Oktay for Galatasaray or Lehtar Kuchik Anjan Donis for Fenerbahce, legends of the club, but we never had the pleasure of seeing them play football because they were before our time. We have to choose a formation. We have to choose a manager. A little bit of reasoning behind the choice of the players and the manager in the formation. And as you tell us your players in the positions, we'd like just a small little memory or a favourite goal or favourite moment from that particular player that you've chosen. So we're going to kick this off in alphabetical order by club, which means it's a B. So we start with Besiktas. And after you've given us your 11 uh, team, the Khan, then we'll throw it back to myself or Nazi, and then we'll change as uh, as accordingly, so we can all give our feedback on the clubs. So Khan, um, please tell us how you've been this past week, and then uh, launch into your favourite all-time Besiktas eleven, please. Well, it's been relaxing, you know, no football to stress about. Um, of course, uh, was following the elections in turkey closely but like i said we're not going to be talking too much about politics uh i do have to say i did not do any homework so this is gonna be a little bit tough maybe um in terms it will of, test your knowledge as a fan con so yeah. this is you you're on the spot now I, so you've I'm, got a i'm just trying to decide on what type of a formation i think i'm going to go with a three five I think I'm going to go with a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3. Three, three. I think I'm going to go with a 3-4-3 three, three because um, when it comes to fullbacks, I have a difficult time picking. Like, okay, you know, I mean, I can I can say 
Adriano is probably my favorite left back of all time. But to put him in my all-time favorite team, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. And then I could say the same thing about Gukan Gunnel. I mean, he's only been at the club not that long. He's mainly a Fenerbahce legend. I really appreciate him, rate him highly. But um, to, to, to put him in my all-time favorite team, it seems a little bit... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I Like I said, I respect and rate him. But I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to make a 3-4-3 three, three formation. Um, in goal, I'm going to put Cordoba, Oscar Cordoba. Um, very fond memories of him, especially during his first season at the club when uh, Besiktas won the title in their centenary year. Uh, I don't know exactly one memory I can point to. It's just that I always felt really confident. Like, you know the feeling you have when, you're, when you have a goalkeeper that you trust 100%. Uh, I think that's a, that's a rare feeling. Thing, really I mean even with Fabri I, I didn't have it 100% even though I trusted him uh, a lot too um, but with Cordoba you know if, if the opposition got a got a free kick I never I never had any anxiety even on penalties uh, he was kind of I, I kind of felt like he had a more than 50% chance at stopping it um, I don't know he was just he, he radiated confidence, he was a uh, very experienced, great goalkeeper on his line. A um, little small, perhaps, but that never really seemed to be a problem. Um, and yeah, just just great goalkeeper. Then for my three-man back line, I'm going to go with Antonio Carlos Zago, uh, again from that uh, centenary championship year. The uh, reason I'm going for Zago is because I think when it comes to leaders in the defense, I don't think Bishtesh have had a better player. Uh, he was a natural-born leader at the back, and he really shaped that back line, and he took control. I mean, Ronaldo had already been at the club for one or two years before Zago came, and you could really see that once that, that Zago came, that was like uh, the, the, the puzzle being complete. Like, Ronaldo was a good defender, scored frequently. Uh, I'm sure you will remember those two goals he scored at Kadikoy Burak. Uh but but he he wasn't I mean the most he was a good defender but not great or anything but Zago completed him and completed that defense together with Cordoba I think both of them uh, really made that into an extremely solid defense that only conceded sixteen goals in thirty three games and then funnily enough they conceded three on on the final match day against Samsungspor when they had already won the league title and and the team yeah they played with like a B team or a C team and and still won the match mind you four to three but. Uh, I mean, they conceded only 16 goals in, in the previous uh, in the previous 33 games, and that included uh, four. Uh, yeah, I think four four clean sheets in derbies. Uh, both Galatasaray derbies, they kept a clean sheet, and I think both Fenerbahce derbies, they kept a clean sheet. Yeah, they kept a clean sheet there too because it was one nil and two nil. So. Um, <clears throat> uh, and then my second one is gonna be Thomas Sivok. Maybe not the best defender uh, you, that you could note in the final two dec in the last two decades or so, if you've watched Bishtesh, But uh, you know, so many goals uh, that he scored. He was so <laughs> lethal with his head, including in derbies and hard, hard as nails type of defender, but also decent build up. Um, had a past playing in midfield early on in his career, and you could see that. Um, maybe not the fastest either, but. Yeah, just a player I, I have a lot of uh, 
warm fuzzy feelings towards um it's a for- unfortunate that he later in his career struggled a lot with injuries and and i, I was really sad to see him leave and, and go to bursa spor um, not, not so much because it's bursa spor but i kind of felt like if they can afford him for what has to be a far more modest wage than what he was making in Bishitesh, maybe we should have kept him another year or so but uh in hindsight, maybe it was a good decision because of all the injuries he suffered even there and then later on when he moved to Israel. Um, then the third man in my three-man back line, I think I'm going to have to go with Marcelo Guedes uh, from the more recent uh, generation of Bishtesh. He only played for Bishtesh for one and a half seasons, uh, which is really short, but he... Yeah, he... He loves, you can see that he, he, to this day his kids still wear Besiktas kits uh, on a daily basis, watch the game still, he's still very fond of the club. I mean, he went to Lyon for a, for a relatively big fee, especially for a defender, uh, seven or seven and a half million. Um, and he's doing okay there, I think, and especially in the beginning he was doing really well, but I think he's been getting some criticism lately. But um, yeah, definitely a player that, uh, that, I, that I rate highly, good build-up absolutely dominant in the air and um oddly enough maybe Bistich's defense was better with Marcelo than it was with Pepe so I'm not saying that he's better than Pepe which he is not but uh, he, he, he he completed something in that defense too um then moving on to my midfield ah uh, let me give it thing uh Fabian Ernst for sure I think uh, when it comes you need at least one defensive midfielder in your team I'm gonna go with two um and it's going to be Fabian Ernst and uh, Atiba Hutchinson. I'm not going to digress too much in this. This is just two great uh, defensive midfielders in their own right. Different types, though. Atiba more uh, controlling midfielder. I think don't need to waste too much time on that. I mean, he's been with the club now for going on six years. Um, and, and, and just, I think he's established himself as a legend of the club. Uh, Fabian Ernst was there more briefly, but was uh, instrumental in Bistich's title in 2009. Um, great footballer, you know, German hard worker. Um, had perhaps a little bit more quality going forward than Atiba has, um, but not that he contributed that much to the scoring. Uh, and Atiba actually gets got uh, quite a few goals this season, but... I don't know when it, I often have the feeling with Atiba when he gets into the final third of the pitch that that he doesn't really know what to do. Um, maybe sometimes you just have that, like you would say, Burak, like, ah, oh, come on, son, have a go. And and uh, that's not just that's just not something Atiba. That's not something he has in his game. Whereas Ernst did have that. Um, but both of them fantastic players. Uh, moving on to the more attacking roles in midfield. Um, I think I'm going to, well, definitely for sure, my all-time favorite player, Sergei Yalcin. I can't uh, not select him. Um, he's just my all-time favorite. Uh, for me, the, the, the best footballer that I've seen play in, uh, for Besiktas, for sure, without a doubt. Uh, and, and I think he will rank him even... Ah, this is going to sound really biased. I don't know. Um, he's, he's ranking up there in my all-time favorite list anyway, even for, you know, when you ca- calculate in the Messi's and the Ronaldo's and stuff. He was just, I mean, on his day, Sergan was just, I don't know, you, you, you just, you couldn't believe your eyes sometimes what he could do. Um, then another one, this might be a little bit controversial that I'm going to go with, uh, Tumer Metin. 
Uh, Tumer was a player that a lot of Bishtesh uh, fans hate. First loved and after that hated because of course he made that very controversial switch to Fenerbahce after saying uh, things like uh, I, I, I will never play for another club, blah 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 blah, you know the kind of stuff. Um, but I never really blamed him for that because I knew that the money he was offered was too good to turn down. I mean he was making, at Fenerbahce I think he got offered two and a half million a year which at that time uh, back in 2006, 2007 or whatever, whereabouts it was, was absolutely unthinkable money for a Turkish player. I mean, later, like five, six years later, we saw players like Burak and Selçuk get those types of deals and Mehmet Topuz even um, and, and Volkan Demirel. But in the mid-2000s, two and a half million was, inc- was an incredible amount of money. And for him to get that, his wage getting doubled almost. And not just that, also just the club Besiktas at that point was, I don't think, was kind of a turmoil with Yildirim Demir and all that. So I, I never blamed him for that. And in the years before his departure, I enjoyed him tremendously. He was a different type of attacking midfielder than Sergen was. Um, a little bit more... Uh, goal oriented perhaps but he could do some really uh, great things too had some good set pieces good direct free kicks uh, quick footwork and and yeah good finisher I don't know I just really loved his playing style and I think an an attacking midfielder of that type in modern football is is more is better than a classical number 10 like Sergen uh, and, and Wesley Schneider, for example, I think a, a number 10 type like Tumer is, is more effective in modern football. Um, and, and yeah, definitely one of my all-time favorites. Uh, that's my four-man midfield. So then let's move on to the three up top. Uh, I'm going to put Ricardo Quaresma on the wing. Um, he's not always been my favorite player or anything like that, but I think he's definitely one of the better ones I've watched at Besiktas. I don't think there's any denying that. Um, you know, he has his, he has his lovers and he has his haters. I'm definitely more edging towards the lover uh, of him. Uh, <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, but I, I can see his faults too, and I criticize him too, and he annoys the bejesus out of me at times as well, but nobody can deny his, his incredible quality. Uh, then up front, Mario Gomez. I, I have never seen a better striker in the whole of Turkey, period. I think he's the pure goal scorer, He's the best that there's that there's, that there's been that I've seen. Um, oh, we'll see. We'll see about that later on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, he was just so clinical. Um, always showed up for big games. And he just, I don't know, he had this, uh, this aura about him too. And he was a real leader. He brought that winner mentality to the team. I think his his quality is is uh, that that he the, the contribution that he had wasn't just his goals, but it was also in the locker room, uh, inspiring the belief. Because Bishtesh for the the years before was really a, a talented t- team of, of of some younger players like like Gökantöre or Hanus Jakub, and they were competing for the title and for the and, and were quite competitive really, but. They choked at the important moments, and uh, you see that come back a little bit after Gomez left, I think. But uh, Gomez definitely instilled that that confidence in the entire team. Um, and then for that last spot, I'm gonna. Hmm, that's a difficult one. I, I honestly, that's a really tough one. So, ha. Huh. 
I should, maybe I should have gone for a, for for a three five two with Quaresma as the second striker or something. No, I I oh, that's really tough. Um, you can find someone, can't come on. Ah, uh, there's not really a left winger I can say, so I'm gonna have to do a little bit of an abstract formation, and maybe not necessarily my favorite player. Uh, He's not really in, among my favorite players, but I think he's among the better players that I've watched play for Besiktas. Was Ahmed Hassan? Um, he was really special. At I don't know, he 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 could like at the edge of the box suddenly decide to plug the ball on his chest and then just lob the goalkeeper and, and those little brilliant moves. He had Trivelas before Trivelas were hip. Um, and he was a great goal scorer, despite not really being a striker. He proved that at every club he played for. Uh, at Besiktas, he was more the, the goal-scoring type of player. But later, when he went to Anderlecht, he turned more into the creative playmaker. He never got that role at Besiktas because he had Sergen, he had Tumer to compete with. And, and so he was a little bit of a different player. But he could play and slot in into so many different uh, positions and, and roles. I think that he's a great utility player up front and uh, someone who's probably goes very underrated among Besiktas fans as well because when he was playing for Besiktas he came in uh, at, at probably at an unfortunate time um, but at the same time was surrounded by players that overshadowed him a little bit but um, and only played for the club like two or three seasons as well but he was great uh, so I'm gonna put him in that last spot and then as coach I'm going to go with Mircea Luchescu because the best Besiktas I've ever watched was under Mircea Luchescu and that was in the first half of the 2003-2004 season before everything went to smithereens. That's it. Any comments? <laughs> Solid choices. Was he one of the most capped players in history? I think. Ahmed Hassan, yeah. For, for, for Egypt, yeah. For Egypt, yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and did it... Did, is he one of the guys who scored against Barcelona in that famous victory no. in the Champions League? No, no, he wasn't at Bistech back uh, then. He was playing oh, for the okay. Nisli Sport still. That was uh, Ahmed, du- that's okay. Ahmed Dursun you're taking. Ahmed Dursun, yes. I knew it was Ahmed something, yes. He didn't He didn't make it into your dream team then, Ahmed Dursun. Nah, no, no, definitely <laughs> not. I mean, d- decent enough decent enough player but I mean look Ilham Mansas didn't even make it into my dream team so why would he? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then there's no um, Shifo Mehmet, but I don't know, were you old enough to watch Shifo Mehmet play in his prime? I, I so. watched the tail end of Shifo Mehmet's career, so when he was like 37, 38 years old, so definitely not his prime. Uh, I started watching like in the very early 2000s, late 90s, like I, I remember vividly watching his Jubilee match, um, that's the, the most vivid memory I have of him, and that's like 2001, so... Yeah, so no. you probably wouldn't remember Recep as well, the, the oh, yeah, Recep I re- Chitin. I, I know Recep Chitin. I know all of those guys. I, I I watched a lot of those games even back because uh, for years Cinebesh was uh, broadcasting like replays of those matches of the late nineties. So I, I definitely watched a bunch of those games in the in the, in the mid two thousands. But uh, no, I, uh, I those those players definitely uh, do not uh, end up in my in my top of the players that I've watched. Despite that, I I do love Shifo Mehmet, though. I have one of his shirts, because I'm an avid shirt collector, and I have an incredible collection of of Besiktas football shirts, uh, match-issued and player-worn. So uh, I have one of Shifo Mehmet. (laughs) 
Well, I think that's going to be a, that has to be a subject for a pod at some point as well, like our favourite and worst kits. But how how have you managed to collect kits that have been worn by players? Con, what is your secret to getting these? It started off really just finding them randomly on eBay or something like that, and um, as I got older, I met some people uh, that were also fellow shirt collectors. Um, Bista shirt collectors and you know via via you get to know some different people and some people hook you up with shirts and I, I've got one friend in particular that really uh, whenever I've got a, like a shirt that I want I just tell him and like a week or two later bam he's got it for me so uh, yeah great connection to have um, <laughs> Ozzy sure. any any glaring emissions that stick out for you that Khan hasn't included uh, from your point of view, from a Besiktas play standpoint? Uh, I am trying to think as the list was going on. I, I enjoyed the, the, the line, Ronaldo was a great defender. I think you said something like that, and it made me, made me, made me think, because I was like, which one was Ronaldo? But then I remembered it must have been mid-2000s. I just thought that the, the words coming together were, were very odd to hear. But I do remember him, and there was a Ferrari as well, wasn't there? In defense at the same time, Matteo Ferrari, but Matteo that was Ferrari. not late. That was later. That was 2008. Oh, okay. 2009. So I'm, I'm getting my chronology mixed up, you see, but I remember mm. there were quite a few characters over the years. Ferrari was really good in his first season, like amazing. And he definitely would have made my list if he wasn't so terrible in his second season. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, accused of throwing matches on purpose in particular one against Fenerbahce and stuff like that and I don't I, I don't know if that was legit I think he was just unfortunate in that match but yeah definitely not the I, I think you need to have a, a decent confirmation season order needs to be a solid reason why you didn't why you weren't as good in the second season as you were in your first uh, and then for example Mario Gomez only played one season but he did not need a confirmation season for me <laughs> Um, oh, when you when you talk about defenders, I was expecting maybe an Ibrahim Toraman to sneak in there. No, 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 terrible defender. No, I thought it was quite decent no. and um, for a great athlete, but not a good defender. And uh, no space for Burak Yilmaz either. Of course. Yeah, not. in the future, in the future, he might fit into your dream team. Let's see how he does. Uh, had he come back when uh, when he left Trabzon for 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 Galatasaray, had he come back at that point, I'm I'm 100 sure he could have made the list. Um, but uh, it's too late in his career now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I never. For me, it doesn't really. I think you need dirt dirt bags on the pitch. You need one or two of them, and I think. When you're playing against those types of players, it's very annoying, and I, I completely sympathize with people for for hating on those types of players. And I think Bistich have actually lacked those types of players uh, traditionally. Like we, we, we lack that over dead body mentality that some players have, like Burak, you know, uh, like Janer had for uh, like Emre Belozolo, like like Melo. Uh, we we traditionally lack those types of players. I think. Well, Pascal um, Duma, you had him. Yeah, but uh, that's like the, ex- the, you know, you need to be able to keep your temper in check enough that it doesn't uh, damage your team too much. <laughs> this is very true. I, I um, love Pascal Duma. I have, I, I have his shirts. I have several of his shirts. I, I've got a autographed picture and everything. And but he didn't make my list either because 
he was great one season and then he came back but wasn't well, had some good matches but never 100% fit and left through the back door again and yeah well you know there we go so that is your I'm just going to read this back to the listeners as well Khan just so they've got sure. a picture of mine so Khan has gone with a 3-4-3 formation in goal, Oscar Cordoba, a three centre backs of Zago, Sivok, and uh, Marcel Guedes. I hope I said that right. Um, four man of the field is made up of Fabian Ernst and Atiba Hutchinson doing the anchoring with Sarah Yelchin and Tumar Matin also in there providing the attacking flair. And up front we have a trio of Ricardo Koraejma, Mario Gomez. And the Egyptian king back then, Ahmed Hassan, managed by um, Mr. Mircea Luchescu. So, a good solid team. Uh, I think we'd have a lot of fun watching those guys play uh, together. So, moving on in the alphabet, um, it's F. Farabacha, which means it comes to myself. So, I have decided to go for a 4-3-3 formation. So, I'll kick off with goalkeeper. Now, watching Fenerbahce since the early 90s, I've only got a choice of really, I would say, three main goalkeepers, like Engin, Rüster or Volkan. And I've decided to go for Volkan Demirel over Rüster on this one. Um, reasoning uh, being, I, I th- they were, Volkan and Rüster in their prime were both great goalkeepers. We know that Volkan's not been good for many many years, but when he was good and in his prime, he was he was excellent. He was a great shot stopper, a great captain, a great leader on the pitch, which I believe Rüster lacked a little bit sometimes, not vocal enough and not aggressive enough to... Well, goalkeepers can't really take the game by the scruff of the neck, but I just believe with his passion, Volkan was a great um, player and goalkeeper for us and obviously won us many matches and but unfortunately I think he's going to be remembered for losing us a lot of uh, matches and, and championships as, uh, as well but you know with the rough come you have to take the smooth as well so I've gone for Volkan in my goalkeeper position um, I've gone for a back four I, I don't think I've ever seen Fenar play that well with a three-five-two or three centre backs. Now that left backs, uh, I've actually plopped for Roberto Carlos um, in in the left back position. Um, I don't think we need to say anything about the man. He was with us for a couple of seasons. Um, I think his first goal was a diving header, out of all the ridiculous goals that you could score. But he just brought some prestige to the team, and it was just as a fan. As a fan of and as a football fan, you know, when you hear that Roberto Carlos is coming to your team, you kind of, you know, you puff your chest out a bit. You think, wow, you know, and people are going to say, yeah, but you got him towards the end of his career. But he was going into the into the Turkish league from from Spain, so it wasn't as competitive as it was used to in in Real Madrid as well. So, and. And, of course, the famous crab dance celebration after that we'd scored the second goal against Galatasaray will always stick with me as a, as a fond memory. A free kick gone wrong between Alex and Roberto Carlos. He just pinged out to David. He slots it in. And then they all end up dancing like crabs. Um, honourable shout-out goes to um, Errol as well. 
purely for the cross he gave to Eichelt in 1996 to win the match 2-1 at Trabzon Sport. So left back is Roberto Carlos for me. Right back, I've gone for Gökhan Gönül. Now, some Fenerbahce fans who are listening might say, why have you picked him? He sold the team out and he went to Besiktas and he left us. And I think that was our fault as a club. And I think that was a very badly managed situation by Azizil Durum at the time. He was clearly earning a lot less money than he was entitled to. One of the best right-backs Turkey have produced in the last 20, 25 years. Um, I think, you know, that's... There's no real argument against that that I can find. Um, it's just a shame he's been riddled with injury. He missed out on Euro 2008 through injury. Um, thank thank God he got to play for Turkey in a major tournament at Euro 2016, albeit when he was a little bit past his prime. But he always gave 100%. He always looked like he cared when he was on the pitch. He cared about the club. He cared about the game. He cared about putting in a good performance. Um for me, an unforgettable moment from Gurkhan Gunnar would be the 2010-11 season when he scored that that outrageous lob against Antalya Sport after he, he ran from a halfway line, went past about three or four players, nearly lost the ball, and then suddenly decided to lob the goalkeeper. And we ended up winning that game 1-0 as well. So that was a big help on the way to winning the championship. But just a great professional, great to have in the locker room, a, a great captain, um, just a solid right back would never try to do anything too fancy well, apart from that chip he scored that I've just described but absolutely loved him and was gutted when he went to Besiktas just because I thought we should have paid him what the man was worth and I reckon he could have helped us towards some more trophies and championships um, my two centre backs first one I'm going for Uche Okuchukwu um Absolutely loved this guy when I first started watching Fenerbahce in the early 90s. We know he came from, from Bronby, had a formidable partnership with Jes Höch in the middle of the defence. I remember when Okocha came as well and we had a great little Nigerian partnership with them going on. He was always solid and strong, commanding, really good in the air, would, would chip in with his you know little fair share of goals as well with the Gasta headers. Unfortunately, he had that horrendous leg break against Besiktas. Um, I don't know if you remember that, Khan, but that kind of... I want to say put him on, you know, uh, out for at least a season. And he wasn't really quite the same when he came back. But on his day, he was just strong, powerful, commanding. Um, I think he was captain of the Nigeria team at the, the 1998 World Cup as well. That was played in France. And... I just always knew that having Uche in the back four, you know, opponents like strikers would, would be a little bit intimidated and a little bit, well, hang on, I'm coming, I'm coming up against Uche here. And speaking of being intimidated, um, the guy I've chosen to line up alongside Uche is uh, Bizim Dili, Diego Logano, um, the, the Uruguayan hitman, um, absolute rock of a player, he's one of these players that you, if he plays for your team, you absolutely love him to bits. Um, when he's playing against you, you probably hate his guts. Um, and he's from the same mould of a Paolo Montero that used to be at um, Juventus, the centre back there. He's a very typical South American, dogged, 
rough. He'll pull your shirt. He'll kick you in the back of the leg. He'd probably even dig his nails into the back of your head. Um, you don't want to scare up to him. You know, we, we see what he's done to the guard side players like Sabri and Arda in the past, um, which I loved, of course. Not good, you know, not good for the game. But, you know, when you, you get really into like the, the del, the deep, darkest realms of passionate fandom, that's the kind of moments you love. But he just always seemed like he was about to explode as well. And yes, he, you know, had a bit of a temper, but I don't think he was that reckless. Um, I think he was very clever with the way he, he played and the way he fouled and, you know, left a leg in or left a, a hand in or an elbow in. But he came up with some goals. I mean, he, he scored a couple of goals against Galatasaray. Um, I don't remember him ever scoring against Besiktas. But when the camera no. zoomed in on no, well, maybe you know he you know, he saved all his goals for Jim Bob, let's say. Um, <laughs> but when the when the camera zoomed in on him after he'd been fouled or after he'd had a decision given against him, the That's eyes, nice. yeah. the eyes, the, the that could be like the Obey T-shirt, you know, which is actually made. Um, that was Andre the Giant do, they used for the the Obey logo. Do you remember who framed Roger Rabbit? I do. And at the end, when when. When the guy melts, the eyes. And the eyes pop out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a comparison of that after this episode. I'm going to find a picture of, um, I think it's Christopher Lloyd or Christopher. Yeah, it's the, the guy who... Yeah, who plays Doc uh, Doc Brown in Back yeah. to the Future. Exactly. So that is so that's my back four. Um, I've gone for a three-man midfield. Um, I'm having the midfield anchored by Stephen Appiah. Um Again, absolutely loved Appiah when he, he came to us. I think he came from, was it Juventus, if yeah, I'm not mistaken? Juventus, from, but I think he yeah. had been playing for Parma or something on loan. Yeah. And I remember he'd signed that summer, and I remember seeing him in like playing in Serie A and thinking how we managed to pull this one off. And I was in uh, Bardach at the city in Istanbul with my, my family just having dinner um, at Kurunta, which is like a Turkish version of like TGI Fridays. And we were walking in, and walking out was Volkan Balu with um, Stefan Appiah, and I just became starstruck. And I couldn't go and say hello or you know say something to them. But as I walked in, I said to I said to my sister, oh, "That was that was Appiah. He's on you sign. It's like you know this immense, strong Ghanaian uh, um, central midfielder. Um, it's just a shame he was." You know, he had that injury which completely ruined his career. Because um, I reckon he could have either stayed another season for us and maybe gone on to like a uh, another club or secured a, a a bigger, better move somewhere else. But like I say, that the yeah. the goal against Schalke in the Champions League to, to make it three three, you know, Vurapia, Vurapia, and I'm picturing it now in in front of my eyes. But is that the match where Volkan kicked over the ball, or is that the other one? I think that's the one. Yeah, it was definitely Schalke where he, yeah, he came out completely missed it. It's one of those Volcon moments um, that we, we like I say, you, you, you accept the the rough with the I've smooth. I've seen Fevzi do that one better. <laughs> oh, oh my word! In, indeed, I, rem- I remember that one as well. Yeah, that's um, right. What a team to do it against as well. Uh, yeah, um, I, I believe if Bishesh won that match, they would have won the league. 
Because oh, I think they finished level points with Galt's right that season. Oh, so thank you, Fevzi. Well, <laughs> one point behind, maybe, and they were leading 1-0, so... If I'm not mistaken. Well, anyway, might, I digress. Might, yeah, he might not be welcome back at the um, Vodafone Park anytime soon, shall we say. Um, but, yep, yeah, I'm going, going for Appiah. I only had a few seasons of him. Um, he was good on a ball. He was a terrier. He wasn't too much of a, a dirty player. You know, when you, when you played against him, you know you'd been in the game. But simply because of his just aggression and his pressing and his passing. Hard but fair. Like, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of like Ernst or Atiba. Yeah, so, Atiba's not that hard. But. Yeah. So again, it's just a, a great pro- professional footballer. And it's just a shame he got that career in knee injury I think um, but it was but it's something with his leg right I didn't remember what it was was it was it his his, his knee or was it I don't know but it was I seem really to rem- bad I seem to remember it being his knee but it might have been some other parts of the leg and muscles connected to that area as well but like I say he was just never the same and you know, then there was it all got a little bit messy with you know contract being cancelled and wages etc being paid but I just you know, remember him being just an excellent central midfielder. Um, so I'd put him at the base of my midfield three. Uh, next, alongside him, I'd have Emre Benazolu. Um, oh, you know, what can you say about this man? He's just... He's, um, and it's a choice between him and someone else, my captain, um, which I think, you know, he's going to be my other central attacking midfielder, lads. But um, I'll, I'll leave that for a bit. Um the thing about Emerald was just I just loved his attitude. Um, every every single game he was playing, whether it was against um, Galatasaray, whether it was Besiktas, whether it was a cup final, or whether it was like a friendly against like the local under fifteen Mahalle Takuma, he just always wanted to win, and he was always just so passionate, and that often worked against him. Yeah, nobody and ever it, accused him of being lazy. That's for sure. Yeah, so he was is a, a great captain for us. He's, he's still playing, which says a lot about the guy's talent. You know, he burst onto the scene um, with the Galatasaray. Obviously, he had four seasons there, and you know, championships, um, UEFA Cup, uh, European Super Cup. Um, then you know, spells in Inter, Newcastle before coming to to Fener. and like I say, he just always took the game by the scruff of the neck and. Even if he was injured, um, he would like continue playing. He he'd limp, like he'd play with like a broken arm or like a broken toe if he could. And at a time where you know the team was full of almost I want to say like German players, Emre would always try to galvanise them. He'd always try to bring them together. He wouldn't be afraid of going up to a teammate and giving him an absolute bollocking or shouting you to say hey wake up put yourself together now let's go ahead and do this so I can't really pinpoint one particular moment of Emre's career at Fenerbahce to say yes but I think after I think there's after one game he was doing a backstage interview and before the interview started he just like went on a rant against someone from Ankara Guju or someone from Ankara Sport um, about something that had been said in the press, and to me that was just like a typical Emre. You know, let's forget about the game first. Let's attack this person who's talked shit about me, and talk <laughs> back to them. And 
mean, I, I just loved having him, having him in that team, and also excellent on set pieces. But he'd be, you know, fighting over them with Roberto Carlos and this next Alex. man, and they, yep, this next man who makes up my third member of my uh, midfield, who I'd be, I'd put at the top of the triangle, which would be um, Alessandro de Souza, Alex. Um, uh, Fenerbahce legend, immortal, you know, one of only two players to have a Goat? statue. Um, for me, mm. Fenerbahce is the best player that I've seen play. You know, there might be, you know, Fenerbahce fans of who are now like seventy or eighty who were lucky enough to have seen Left Dad play and seen John Dardo play, who might say, "Well, you know what, you know, maybe this guy," but. For me, you know, our greatest third player is definitely Alex de Souza. Um, came in from Parma, you know. To be fair, I didn't know a lot about him when he first signed, but... I think he came from Brazil. He went to Parma for uh-huh. like half a season, but he so, went back to Brazil. So he's out on loan, I think he got him he? from Santos. No? So, I'll have to double-check that timeline, but yeah, I do, I do remember him being to, going to Parma and then being loaned back. Um, so I don't know how the the scouting team found him um that was a time where we had about three or four brazilians every season yeah but i remember very vividly because i was in turkey that summer i think and my cousin's a fenerbahce fan and he was like ah we're getting this 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 alex de souza he's a great player and we maybe we're getting luis fabiano too you know he's a great player <laughs> oh wow i hope he said it exactly like Good that accent, accent yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah something like that definitely but please, please continue. I say, and then he just proceeded to, you know, win the hearts of all the fans um, of Fenerbahce, and and I'd, I'd like to think Turkey as well. He, I, I don't know how many like yellow cards or reds he got, but just the fact that he always played with pretty much a smile on his face, that that yeah. big, beautiful smile of his, and he'd alternate between having. Uh, a small afro and then being completely bald. I preferred him when he was bald for sure. I didn't like his afro. It looked ridiculous. <laughs> he looked beautiful to me. Well, how 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 well he decided to wear his hair. But so he was just uh, just a great technician, a magician, great set pieces, um, an eye for goal passes. I'll That's never an forget- understatement if there was ever one, an eye for goal. <laughs> well, exactly. You could, you could, well, two eyes and just a left foot like an absolute like force hammer or like a feather when he wanted to caress a through ball to someone. I mean, watching his the, the, the step over for a goal against Inter that I think it left Javier Zanetti on his ass. Um I just thought, wow. Was that the assist against the, for, for Anelka? I remember one amazing assist on Anelka where he just flicked it, but it was like an amazing pass. I don't know how he did it. I don't I don't remember if it was in the Champions League or if it was in, or that was in the league. But uh may have been the league. The, the one I'm talking about is um, where he is the assist for David who scored the scissor kick against, um, I think it's Julio Cesar who was in off into at that point. That was the season we went off to the the quarterfinals, but oh, yeah. just that assist that ended up putting someone like Javier Zetti on his ass, like just a little step over, and then in with his right foot as well. Um, one of those moments that stick out: the that hat trick against Ankaragücü, the goal against Samson, the bicycle kick, or oh, that's the commentary that makes up the 
the intro to this podcast as well, folks, if you're wondering where that piece of commentary comes from. Um, even, even the goal against Anderlecht in Champions League qualifying, just because of the commentary that goes with it. Um, and I could wax you know, superlatives about Alex all day, but um, I think I'm going for him as my captain as well. We'll come back to you as well, Khan, so you can pick um, a captain for your team um, at the end. Um, that's something I forgot to mention. So I'm going with Alex as my captain, just because he, for me, he's the greatest player I've ever seen play for Fenerbahce. Um, and also, we're saying that uh, Alex is one of the few players ever, probably, to play in the Turkish league who won the respect and love from fans of every club. Well, yes, um, which is quite rare. a rare breed. Yeah, um, I think Atiba is another one. <laughs> well, how can you hate Atiba? <laughs> Uh, okay, I don't hate him as a guy, but uh, he's not in the same league of quality as. Uh, as oh Alex, no, no you know? not not saying. I mean, that. I mean, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's someone who had it all, really, who had all the talent, all the skill, and all the adoration. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yes, I mean, I I still get number ten Alex on the back of Fenerbahce shirts that I buy. Um, that's just going to show, and we've we've suffered ever since he left, um, but. That's enough of me gushing about Alex. Um, I'm going on to my front three now. So my right wing, I'm actually going for Nicholas Anelka on the right. Um, I mean, what a cue that was to grab him. I think we grabbed him from, was it? I can't remember if we got him from Bolton or if we sold him to Bolton. Um, can you guys remember where we picked him up from? Um, Didn't he come from City? No. I think you got him from Bolton and sold him to the city, no? Oh, okay. Uh, or is it the other way around? Uh, oh, no, yeah, Matt came from Man City to Fenerbahce, yeah, yeah, 2005, and then right. went to Bolton. Right, 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 right. And then Chelsea after that. Yeah, and um, but what a what a what a player! He just he just made everything look effortless. He was quick, um, just just a good goal scorer. He's Never showed a, any emotion. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Always the same celebration. He cracked a bit of a smile sometimes. Um, he got a couple of goals against Besiktas and yeah, that outside of the foot one. That was that poof. one. Wow. That was that was not a bad goal. And yeah, and then the one against um, Galatasaray. Um, I'm sure you've got some that your players have like scored absolute screamers <laughs> against oh, us. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I already uh, know exactly who was going to talk about. <laughs> exactly. So I won't steal your thunder. But the um, the the goal where we strung like 35 passes together and it ended up in the back of the net. Um, I thought, wow, that's just, you know, I've not seen football like that for a long time. I found out about it. But the, I think he would work great in that formation as a right winger. Um, takes on defenders and goes past them. Um, can you know, put in a decent square ball with, with pace. But just, you know, the the technique he had when, when scoring goals, like side foots powering outside of the foot, and like pole drivers. So I don't think he'd get anywhere near a penalty or a free kick for us um, with who we've got in the team, especially free kicks because of Alex and someone else I'm going to mention in a moment as well. Um, I'll bet you can guess who that is now. But I'd put Anelka there. Um, left evil. wing, left wing, Left wing, I've gone for Tunjai Shanlu. Um, absolute brave of a player. Up age, up age, of course. 
sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, many you know, players vie for that left sort of wing position. Um, Revivo, Rapajic, um, Balic, um, Elvir Balic, um, not Balic, Balic. Yeah, but you know, one season only. But but Tunjai just absolute. You know, if there was a word for just determination and hard work, it would just you'd you'd, you'd wrap it up in a play and you'd give it to the Tunjai. The three um, lungs or something. Um, <laughs> and and he smoked as well, which is like ridiculous. But might, but, might but, explain why his 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 candle fizzled out so quickly towards the end. Could could be, but you know, whilst we had him, um, absolutely loved him to pieces. Is like probably my my second favorite player ever, after after Alex. And often, you know, he comes very close, but you know, Alex just was with us for that little bit longer, so that's why he he gets my vote as my favorite ever player. But Tunjai was just. Oh, I oh. know now, of course. I was totally drawing my. Oh, I, I know he's Dutch, but I'm not gonna say exactly. You know <laughs> now. Um, but for what Tunja did for the club, I mean, um, the hat trick against May United in the Champions League, even though it was a weaker May United team, I know you know May United fans listening, they might say you know it was the the kids and Ronaldo, but still you know hat trick in the Champions League. Um, he always you know would like to score against like uh, in derby matches. But it was more just for his his attitude and his relentless work and, and passion for the team. His interviews uh, on F- yeah. F- Fenerbahce TV are the best, of course. <laughs> Do you remember that one he did with your next player? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember that one, but I remember um, he'd always be getting um, Urboral to sing songs. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't remember the one with the next player now. But uh, I'm gonna let you mention his name first, and then I'll tell the story. I... Okay, okay, we'll get to him in a moment, and we we'll get to the story. But yes, I remember his his Fenerbahce TV interviews. He'd be in the locker room after a match, or just in the training ground, and again, he just always seemed to be so positive and energetic, and he just added that that work rate in engine. So you know, I know he'd be up and down that left wing overlapping with Roberto Carlos um, in in that team. And I was absolutely gutted to see him go to Middlesbrough. Um, happy because I got to see him play in the Premier League, but I just thought he could have gone to a better club. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Middlesbrough had just played the UEFA Cup final so they were almost a team on the up, but the season he went was the, the beginning of their decline. And maybe that was when he started smoking two packets of Marlboro Lights a day instead of one packet. <laughs> and um, But I've, I've got a, a couple of Middlesbrough uh, supporting friends who still will always like rave about Tunjai in a couple of seasons. Like he had, um, again, his, his work rate and some of the amazing goals he scored for for Borough in the Premier League and then his career just kind of like went to shit mm-hmm. um, unfortunately but and then did he, did he have like an injury or something or was it just the cigarettes catching up to him I think it was just like cigarettes I don't think he ever had like a, a major yeah. injury to like an ankle it's, or a knee um, it was really weird because he came back well to I mean he was like 30 years old or something when he came back to Turkey to Bursaspor and he was like yeah. completely a shell of a form of his former self, and that was one of the first times that I really saw a player that completely fizzled out before he was 
well he, he was he was already. he was destroyed by the by the weather up north in England probably <laughs> Middlesbrough Stoke I think he probably was uh, didn't have the best time there going from having gone from Istanbul to Stoke to be honest yeah but uh, it was he... a shame to see his career decline like that because he has such an explosive talent what a player yeah yeah man. for the national team too he was great in those, well, yeah. those first couple of years he was amazing and, and uh, the hat trick against United that you mentioned before I think that's one of the best single performances by a Turkish player. I think the overhead in kick game. was amazing. Yeah, extraordinary. Extraordinary game. Uh, I'm getting, I'm welling up here, guys. The memories. Um, <laughs> but we go on to my final player, which Khan has guessed, and you might might have guessed too, Aussie, when the mention of a free kick and a Dutchman comes to mind. You think of one man, and that is Pierre van Hooydonk. Put your hands up for Pierre. Put your hands up <laughs> for Pierre. That, that that song that was played at Kodoko so many times, and a, a guy who's just he's just prolific. I think you you know he been like Pierre Van Hooydonk equals goals equals cups. The first season, twenty one goals, we won the league. Um, fizzled out a little bit in the second season. I think he had a little bit of an injury. And he fizzled out. I had the impression that he was made less important deliberately. Because Alex came that season, I think, right? He did, yeah. yeah and think, yeah. he didn't play as many. He still scored about eight or nine goals, but that, that first season, he just, you know, the impact he had on that mm-hmm. team straight away. And just for, like, a goal scorer. The like, goal against Trabzonspor. Oh, what, they talk about the free, the free kick? Yeah, of course. Which oh. What else? <laughs> oh, the free kick, yes. And then the... Uh, the two goals against Besiktas, um, the two-two game, um, and I can't remember a, a striker that's had that much of an impact on our team straight away, and in their first season. So I think about some of the great strikers we've had. I, I can, to be honest, I'm actually surprised yeah. you've gone for Pierre Van Hooydonk. When the clues were Dutchman, goal scorer, prolific first season, I thought you were going to say no, not Kite. Yeah, ah, he had a great impact. Ah, he signed for one million yeah. from Liverpool, and did so many good things for the club in his time there. And he started off really well. So know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. See, I, he was just a, he was just a really hard worker and all that. But I mean, I have love as well. a lot of love for the Not free Heights. kicks though. <laughs> and uh, I he, suppose yeah, the free kick was the giveaway. Yeah. At first, okay. I thought it was Milan Rapaic. Because he was a freak, a set piece specialist, but then Revivo yeah. had, had some too. Yeah, Revivo was a great freak. But player, then, uh, yeah. yeah, obviously, the master himself. The absolute, indeed, yeah. I mean, there's so many players we've just mentioned. Um, like, I've got a lot of love for Dirk Kout, Kite, Kite. How do you actually say it, Khan? Uh, educate. Kurt. 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 In the Turkish commentators, used to call him Dirkite. 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 My, Dirkite. My, my, my girlfriend, Dirkite. Kim. My, my girlfriend, Kim, always, when, when he, she would go like, Kite! Whenever he came out to the ball, because she thought it was hilarious, the pronunciation, because it's... For, but also, Van Hooydonk was pretty bad, too. Like, Pierre Van Hooydonk! It's, it's just yeah. Van Hooydonk. And he was in that amazing Kola Turka advert, which I implore everyone to go and watch YouTube. Just type in Pierre Van Hooydonk on Kola Turka. When Kola Turka was a thing, and he hey, man, just did you see Sergan? Oh man! Yeah, Sergan, man, <laughs> right Besiktas, man. man, your team, your team, Besiktas, man, your team, Besiktas. 
<laughs> ah, Bashitas. Uh, Watch Bashitas. Oh, Chevy Chase, man. Chevy He's Chase. the man. Those were the days. Still yeah. a great, great, great striker. And like I say, it was between Dirk Kout and Anelka for that right wing position. But I thought I'd already had my workhorse with Tunjai on the left. I, want, I wanted some flair on the right-hand side, so I went for Mr. Anelka. Um, but like I say, you know, some of the, the pure just strikers we've had, the goal scorers, um, you know, you, you can mention you know, your Norbrez and your Davids. Um, yeah. weren't as, you know, they weren't prolific and, and had an impact. Norbrez was prolific. I mean, he scored like 15 goals when he came in in like half a season, but he was never, I mean, he was such a little pinch. He was like the Filippo Inzaghi. Like never the star, but but he you know. like a, a great squad player, and you know, yeah. and again, a lot of love for, for Mar- Mar- Marit Nobre, but he does him at Bishikdesh. <laughs> but but then I called I thought, him I've the got... black hole. Oh god, because <laughs> he, I mean, like a black hole, he sucked everything what? in it, and like oh, you know, right. not because of his skin color, if that's what you were thinking. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. Just, just no, no, no. no. I, he for me was a black hole because. Yeah, he was useless, useless on the absolutely useless. And I compared Wagner Love to to him actually earlier this season because he was just just as useless. Oh, but, as, but yeah, the, the, their skin color is purely coincidental. I assure you. We got the we got the definitely the best years out of Nobre with our, our, our Brazilian. I love him with the sure. the Brazilians. Mm. Um, so yeah, gone for, gone for Pierre. So your say coach, it. who's your coach? My don't, coach. Don't, don't see, we've had a, a a lot of coaches at uh-huh. Fenerbahce, yeah, as you know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, How many what, this season is it? <laughs> uh, I think we're in our fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, I've gone four for Zico as my coach. I, yeah, I thought you were going to go for Zico because yeah. of the Champions League run, of course. The Champions League run and the the squad he built, like the football he was playing, and then. Aziz decided to throw it all in the garbage and set on fire to bring in Luis Aragonés because he'd won the Euros of Spain yeah. and that that team just crumbled and, and went to shit and <laughs> still still angry about that like ten years later thinking uh, yeah. and he was huge missed play- opportunity that was huge at the same time though quarterfinals of the Champions League but not winning the league while you had a superior team arguably. Yeah. It, it could. Be, it is. A, it is a failure. I mean, it's the same to me. Like last season, Besiktas not winning the league. That was a failure. I think there's no denying that, despite the, you know, European performance. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, gone for Zico. Um. You know, then other coaches. It's like just hard to think. We've had so many. I mean, you know, you, you know, P might say Dalm mm. in two runs. Um, you've won two championships. You know the first year when actually when we got um, Van Hooydonk, I believe, is when yeah. um, we won the first championship, and then again the second season. But I just think for the the style of football and the, the flair he brought, you know, having a, a Zika there, he would be my coach, and Alex would be my captain. And I now throw it to you, gentlemen, for your um, opinions and reviews. Any Starting emissions that you think I've I've missed out or people that you would have bought in instead. Uh, well, I, I mentioned Didkite earlier on. Uh, I guess uh, in terms of uh, in terms of names and in terms of someone on paper, Robin van Persie is an omission, but he didn't really do much at Fener, so I can see why you left him out. How about uh, Mehmet Aurelio? 
Mehmet, you know, I remember singing that song in the pub in Euro 2008. Mehmet Aurelio, just over and over. Um, but be- I, my midfield three, I thought I wanted Apier in there as my yeah, it's kind of def- defensive-minded midfielder with a little bit more grit. Um, Aurelio was a little bit more, I would say, nice. And also quite, shout out to... for Turkey, but... Apia was yeah. yeah so much better. I also really enjoyed watching John Moshe, um rest ah, in peace yeah. up there, homie. I, he, he would, I loved watching him play for us. But again, Moshe, they can never pronounce his name in Turkey, could they? Moshe, um, <laughs> <laughs> So, any more um, opinions, lads? Hit me with them. Danny Guiza. La Liga's top scorer came to Fener, 14 million euros. <laughs> well, the Guiza, yep, he, he did well in his first season, but then the poor guy, he had just some you know mental problems and issues. Yeah, and and, he looked so unhappy. Like, so yeah. It looked like he was going to yeah. start crying at any moment. You know, but then we had the goal against Bolosport. I think it was Bolosport when it was 2 2. We're going for the championship that season. And he got that goal started crying i think he had played for months and the headlines i was watching that match and i wrote my own headline it was like and i thought good on you son you've you've written yourself into folklore with that goal we then we then made it like 4-2 but it was his goal that made it 3-2 that brought us a championship that season i have i have no doubt so remember him scoring a very impressive lob against us as well i think how yeah, he about, did that. Just like Kesman uh, did one time. Kesman, yeah, Kesman is the one we forgot, yeah. How Name about Serhat? Oh, yeah. Serhat Akin. Serhat Akin. I mean, again, Serhat Akin is a player I loved, you know, Kodakei Buasa. Um <laughs> But again, he would be probably sure vying. won't uh, will back to different yeah. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was the, the guy that played the... Well, the, the square ball for Tunjo to complete his hat-trick against May United. And, of course, he scored uh, two in the 6-2. I mean, the 6-0, he scored two then. But he, you know, wasn't as consistent as I would have liked to have been. It was like the start of the pretty boy footballers, because you had him yeah, and you had, you had Ali, oh, Ali, yeah, Ali, Ali Ganesh. Ali Ganesh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of them slept with the other's girlfriend or something like that happened, you know. What? Really? It happened there, too? Yeah, because that, happen- that happened in Nishikdesh with Oktay and uh, and Sarah Toprak Tepe, you know. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Wow, wow. no, turning okay. into the gossip column. Th- that's yeah, why. That's, exactly. that's why. That's why they got both sent away. Sarah got sold to Kojeli and Oktay got sold to Las Palmas, I think. Um, but oh. Sarah was welcomed back, but uh, Oktay wasn't uh, obviously Oktay at that point. I mean, Oktay, don't you? You have to know the story of Oktay. You know, is how he completely his career completely spiraled out of control, and how he uh, went from being probably the hottest upcoming young Turkish striker to poo. You know, again, and was it over, all over a woman? No, it was mainly because of his... He was traumatized because apparently he was adopted or something. And then when he had risen to fame uh, at some point, they uh, he was in, he was on some sort of talk show. And suddenly they they brought up his, 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 his biological parents. They did, his, I remember this, yeah. yeah. Saying, uh, come and do a, a DNA test. And that really... Uh, 
that really messed him up, I think. Yeah, um, did, was it Octo whose um, wife committed suicide? No, I don't think. Don't think so. I know we had the like uh, Dennis Butter shit for that, Roger. His his wife died unfortunately in an accident at home. Oh, I um, you were gonna say she committed suicide. No, no. I was going to make a very inappropriate joke about that. No, no. So I know that Dennis Bodish's wife um, sadly passed away. Uh, I think she fell down the stairs or something similar. But I always <laughs> seem to have the impression I can't laugh at that. Fell down, the, on. fell down the stairs. That's that's like that's like code for got pushed, man. No, God, this is she, <laughs> she she fell and hit her head. Um, uh-huh. A little bit like how um, the the Rami's day from Ezad died um he was doing yoga at home fell over here head on the table and um he said the table oh, yeah. yeah but now we seem to, to remember that Octai's wife committed suicide but um we'll have to check that out afterwards and then there's um, hakan shukur's ex-wife who died in the earthquake in 1999 oh that's yeah. yeah um but i always remember octai the goal he scored for turkey the the yeah. maradona goal where he went belgium oh, where he dribbled 10 players yeah. One guy twice or something, or two yeah. times. <laughs> so, to, to, uh, look it up, people. If you haven't seen that goal, yeah. look it up immediately. Yeah. Right. Turkey versus Belgium, Octai Deriliolo. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking like Del Piero with his facial hair in that game as well. Okay. Um, before right. we get to to our last man, uh, Umut, are you are you there? Can you hear us? Yeah, I do. Ah, okay. So, uh, going to introduce Umut in a little bit. Uh, he's also a Galtzrai fan. He'll be stepping in for Uzer next week. So, we're going to let Umut also give us his best 11. But first, uh, Uzer, give us yours. Um, unless anyone still has anything to add to uh, the Fenerbahce 11 of Burak. I am all good. I think I've spoken far too much about the good old days. <laughs> okay. Guys, I'm quick. I need to pee really badly so give me two minutes please <laughs> pause well we can edit this out later and are you watching the premiership games Aussie at the moment uh, no I've got the scores on in the background so um, I've got being sports 11 on here on my Android box United are losing 2-1 to Wolves uh, well, one, one. 2-1 oh, when I looked it was 1-1 alright no 2-1 Wolves now Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the um, red card as well. Wow. Yeah. Oh, um, brilliant news. And uh, good for you boys, of course. Brilliant news. This is solidifies third place. Yep. And and Watford have banged Fulham for one, so Fulham are now officially relegated as well. Uh, shame. I mean, I like Fulham, but uh, yeah. So Ollie, Ollie's at the wheel, eh? Ollie's a uh, wheels have come off the bus <laughs> again. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, United lost. I can't believe it. So they're fifth. Arsenal will be two points ahead with a game in hand as well. Oh, this is great. Great news. And uh, Spurs play tomorrow when they yeah. should win at home in any stadium. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But uh, Man City, Cardiff as well. Go away. Sure. What's going on? Is that Carl? Yes, yeah, me. Did you I just call back. your dog on Yes, <laughs> I, I came back and she was all over where I was sitting. You know, oh, man. Yeah. Absor- in podcast as well. Uh, absorbing the ass heat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's just laying, just laying next to me on, on, on a blanket. Uh, just, you know, 
typical dog style, like, ah, you know, like the most comfortable <laughs> creature in the world. Then I come back and she's all over my spot. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh. Maybe we should include that in the podcast. I, no, I no. think we I think we should. It's funny. We need to get your, your dog on, Khan. We need yeah. to get a picture of him out there. Yeah, for sure. She's a uh, Tsiabeas. Excellent. Anyway, do you want to do you, do you want to count in um, Umut for his yeah, introduction? Let's, uh, let's let's shall we try to Azar first, and then we can try to Umut after, and he can do his introduction. Is that uh, okay? Yes, throw to Azar for his his team. You mean? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so Azar, let's let's hear it. What's your uh, favorite Galtzrai eleven of? Uh, okay, gentlemen, drum roll, please. Lifetime. The dream team is making its way out the tunnel. Led at the back from Claudio Taffarel. One word describes this man. Icon. A true icon. I was going to say um, bald. <laughs> well, well, that's part of his charm, I guess. Um, absolute icon, both for Galatasaray fans and, of course, back in Brazil. World Cup winner in, uh, in 1994. Yeah, um, yeah, he, uh, he joined Jim Bomb in 1998 and he's still with the club now in 2019. So that really tells you how much how much the, the club had a profound effect on him. He loves Scala, he loves living in Turkey, he's a fan favourite, um, and his save against Thierry Henry in the UEFA Cup final is one of the best saves I can certainly remember in football, having seeing, seeing, seeing that. I mean, even just thinking about it now was failing to come out of my mouth. But um, it was just an extraordinary save, one of the best I've ever seen. And it probably was instrumental in uh, in winning, bringing the trophy home. I mean, the goal was as important as Popescu's penalty, really. The uh, the save, rather, absolutely incredible save, guys. If you haven't seen that, please refresh your memories by watching that again on YouTube. It is heart stopping. And what yeah. formation are you playing, obviously, before you go any further? Okay, so in front of Tafra, we've got uh, four at the back, old school four at the back, and then I'd like to twist things up a little bit. I've got one holding player, three attacking midfielders. And two strikers. So I've gone for four, one, three, two. Yeah. So four, four, two, really. <laughs> well, yeah. I've got with with a slight twist, only to make it look slightly more uh, believable on paper. Shaken, not shaken. Because because this is a yeah, indeed, indeed. This is a very uh, Terim esque lineup, as in it's all attack, really. I mean, really, I could have gone for zero, ten, but um, but that wouldn't have been right. So okay, in front of Tafarel, my two central defenders. I've gone. Popescu, number one, the masterful defender. Again, I mentioned him before. He was uh, one of the uh, penalty takers in the UEFA Cup and scored the winning goal. So, again, that instantly made him a legend, even if he hadn't done anything else for the club. But he, he, was, um, he was a really elegant defender, a real strong guy, tactically aware. He obviously had a very well-established career before coming to Gala anyway, but he, uh, he really gave everything. And a lot of players around him, and looked up to him for inspiration. He, he ta- taught a lot to the younger players. Um, actually, thought he looked like a, a young Michael Palin as well. I don't know if anyone would uh, would agree with that, but I would good. actually. I would. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Similar features, that kind of thing. So we had a young Michael Palin in defence. Next to him, his defending defensive partner can only be one man. Guys, any guesses? It's got to be big bad balance, right? It's got to be. Yeah, exactly. Big cup done. He's a rare breed. His wavy uh, hair. Of one-man club, yeah. He's kind of 70s hairstyle, I guess, at the time, which now he looks a lot younger than he did back in the 2000s, I think, having cut his hair. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, rare breed of, of one card man. Uh, a true warrior. Um, Galatasaray is one of, if not the most capped player in, in, in history. Certainly if you include all, all competitions. Uh, he actually won 29 trophies with Galatasaray. That's including, insane. Yeah. It's, it's just Mal extraordinary. Uh, indeed, indeed. And, and that puts him in kind of one of the very, the very small group of elite Turkish footballers in terms of their um, hall of trophies. 29. It, which included two in Europe, of course, the UEFA Cup and the Super Cup, eight league titles, again unprecedented, uh, and of course he was actually in the squad that reached the European Cup semi-final in '89 as well. So, so really he's seen it all, and of course the World Cup 2002 where where he scored against China. So, in terms of his experience and his career, I don't think we have any player that comes close, apart perhaps from Emre Belazoglu as well, but um, a real icon of Turkish football. I really wonder how the, how the relationship is there with his brother Mecht when they're sitting yes, at the dinner right. table and uh, oh, his mom's like, your brother uh, won many more trophies than you <laughs> did. <laughs> or something like that. Why oh, are God. you such a screw-up playing from a Latvia sport? <laughs> <laughs> well, he did play for Galatasaray for a couple of years in the mid-90s. I think 93 to 96, 97. But, of course, his entire career. It will always be in the shadow of, of his big brother. Yeah. Um, I still have I still have hopes that Bulent Korkmaz will become a good coach. He's still young. He's still learning. He's doing good things in Antalya Sport with very limited resources. So he must be, he must be close um, to fifty now. No? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he's coming up to fifty now. Um, but yeah, Bulent Popescu partnership again, one which we actually were, able, were lucky enough to see as well in in the two thousand era, which actually played together. So we know that. Bringing this, uh, bringing this partnership to life would actually work wonders as well. But bringing in the left-back, which is a more modern twist on this defensive cocktail, I've gone for Yuto Nagatomo, my favourite player in the Galatasaray squad right now. Uh, this might surprise some, um, but I've been a huge fan of his actually since the early days when he was playing in Italy. Uh, and I was, it was, uh, I was really over the moon when he, when he came to us on loan and happier still when we managed to sign him permanently. Um, he actually made his debut for Inter Milan, coming on as a substitute for Wesley Snyder. So it's actually, oh. uh, yeah, it's it's a tragedy, really, for me, that I was not able to see that substitution make its place in a Galatasaray jersey with both those guys. Because I know mm. they're very good friends off the pitch as well, and it would have been great to see them playing together in a red and yellow shirt. But anyway, aside from that, he's a top athlete. He always gives 100%. He's, he's, uh, he's an entertaining guy. He's very popular in the squad, very popular amongst fans. Um, I think very, even with rival fans, he, I mean, yeah, I, exactly. I, I naturally gravitate yeah, towards him. True, true. That's a fair point, yeah. He's, a very, he's very inoffensive, but not boring. You know, he's a, he's a character. And, mm -hmm. uh, but he never crosses the mark. He never offends players on other teams. He never does anything too bad he's not to give himself a bad reputation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He does not, he's, not, he's not a clown, you see. He's like, like you could argue about it. Mm. But... Um, He's, I'm told off the pitch as well. He's he's a very articulate man, very well read. He uh, he also has his own personal chef. Interesting random fact. He, oh really? Is in with him in when it's, in Istanbul prepares all his meals. Yeah, yeah. But as is, as is his way, his Japanese way, everything must be done just so. I think it's got more to, to do with uh, nutrition and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, players yeah, like that just want to keep in prime physical condition. So uh, yeah, that yeah. just makes me like him even more. Yeah, exactly right. He's just such a cool guy. Um, so he would be running down the wings on the left side of defence for me, and on the right side, I would have Fatih Akel, 
I knew. I I thought so. I thought was because I I loved watching him up and down, up and down the, the flanks like a gazelle. He would gallop. Brilliant, brilliant. Hakan boom goal. Uh, well, look, I his highlight for me was uh, in the 2000 Super Cup final against Real Madrid. He his extraordinary run down the right mm. side and really Jardel. elegant pinpoint pass to Mario Jardel made him also an instant legend for me. So the way I'm ranking some of these players is their contribution in yeah, European yeah, yeah. games as well. And for me, Katia Gell's pass is just just a textbook uh, wing-back's pass. So he made it straight into the squad for that. Could have had Hakan Unsal as well. He gets an honourable mention. Although he, he was kind of a utility player. Could have yeah, played he was like left wing, left back, right yeah. back. Yeah. yeah uh, but I opted for... Yeah. Do you, do you, remember, do you remember his indeed. red card in the World Cup 2002? Oh my God. What a disgrace! Absolute disgrace. He that whole scenario, that whole absurd episode with uh, Rivaldo, is kind yeah. of what kickstarted this whole play acting thing in football. That kind of thing hadn't been done before. Yeah, and, and it was just appalling. A couple of things that came ball, out of that I mean, World Cup, and he just falls down, clutching his face. Oh man, it makes I me remember, cringe. I remember. I remember when I started watching football. In the early 2000, late 90s, shirt pulling really wasn't a big thing. That's something that really started around that time too, like 2002, 2003. They just started pulling shirts a lot more before that. You you barely ever saw it. Uh, and then you had the whole play acting thing, as you pointed out. And let's not forget taking off your shirt for a goal celebration. Oh, God, yeah. that, that also happened in that World Cup. Because oh, the news on the the, the, the dumb SOB took it off his shirt after he scored and couldn't get it back on so they decided <laughs> to penalize it with a yellow card henceforth uh, because of one idiot that couldn't get his shirt back on oh man <sighs> thank you Danielson thanks for always yeah, one thank you. that ruins it for the rest of us and, yeah exactly and Rivaldo get in there being sunshine you absolute plonker <laughs> great footballer though yeah well He'll sadly be he'll he'll be remembered for that more than anything else, and his failed stint in Olympiacos as well. But uh, I, I well I I was always sad about the fact that he went to Greece rather than Turkey. Yeah, player, yeah, yeah. I mean, he played for AEK Athens too. Did he? Oh uh, well. Yeah, he did, and I, I don't think his stint at Olympiacos was failed at all, was it? Well, he was pretty successful there. I mean, yeah. I guess he couldn't have he couldn't have really come back to Turkey after what he'd done. So <laughs> he wouldn't have been let in the country. They would have yeah, hounded exactly. him out. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So that's my back four. In front of them, I've got the the guard dog, the pit bull, Felipe Melo. Oh well, no! Yeah. Uh, you've, you've gone and done it, haven't you? Oh no! Uh, yes, I'm I've bleeping that. Uh, I had to do it. I had to do it. But he's the uh, the fear in the opponent's eyes. Felipe Melo, what a character. Um, I, the disgust purely, purely from a, from a footballing perspective, oh. I couldn't believe that we were able to sign him uh, from Juventus after they'd spent something like what twenty five million euros on him yeah, the season before I think, yeah. from uh, Fiorentina. And he, okay, I accept that he didn't quite deliver at Juve. In fact, he flopped at Juve, but he was extraordinary at uh, Fiorentina. So the chance for him to come to Istanbul and reinvent himself with that fiery atmosphere of the Jimbon fans, I thought it was going to be an interesting combination. And sure enough. He had an amazing debut season. Yeah, 10-plus uh, goals. Exactly, 12 goals, 12 goals. Yeah. And his first goal was uh, a screamer against Samson Sport from like 35 yards. Absolute screamer. I remember watching that goal going crazy. Um, 
at, at the way he had the audacity to shoot from such far away uh, and hit the target. So he, he's obviously a fan favourite for his contribution that season and then for his kind of pit bull, um, don't give a shit nature that came afterwards. He was the thug yeah. that every team needs, I think. Bastard um, like the score against Besiktas too. Oh, he did. Oh, yes, he did. To get like he four did, or did. so. He did, he did. And he, uh, let's also, we should all applaud him, I think, for his principal stance in not shaking hands with TFF president Yildirim Demirören <laughs> after winning the Turkish Cup as well. He won a lot of fans from neutrals after that. I don't really, I didn't, don't really understand that though. I mean, Galtzray... Well, he, the thing is, he, uh, he reads the fan uh, uh, sentiment very well. So he knew yeah. that he was hated by Jim Bond fans. So he thought, you know, I'm just going to do this. It's not going to cost me anything. But that's, uh, that's, that's auto because Galtzray were so successful under Demeron. Oh, well, that's yeah. true. But, you know, we're a principled uh, fan base. So even if we're successful, <laughs> we have to stick up for, for what's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Felipe Melo is, uh, is the... Uh, is the holding midfielder in my lineup? Although I don't expect him to be doing much defending, I'm going to order him to attack, attack, attack. <laughs> We're playing football manager now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so over to my three in midfield, we have who else but Haji in the number ten position. Okay. So words really cannot describe his greatness. I cannot do him enough enough justice. So I'm actually going to not speak too much about Haji. In favor of doing some, in case I do some sort of disservice by not saying enough. But uh, I'm actually disappointed there isn't yet a statue of him in Floria or at the stadium because the man, in my opinion, is is the greatest foreign player ever to play in Turkey and probably the best player to play in Turkey as well by that definition. Um, he just he's done it all really. Uh, which which moment is my highlight? Is it the last minute beauty against Atletico Bilbao? Is it the destruction of Arsenal in 2000 and then the red card that followed? Is it the arrogance that she showed in every single match? The outrageous goals, that one against Monaco being a superb example of that. Uh, is it the leadership he showed on and off the pitch? Some, some of course, said that it was he who made all the technical decisions and scored decisions in the early 2000s and not Mr. Terim. But such was his uh, knowledge and of the game, and such was his uh, presence on the pitch and off the pitch. Uh, could I talk about his elegance, his technical ability, the way he would just look one way and pass the other, his just sublime, divine ability? I mean, words really cannot do his, him justice. Uh, and he's a player who, although I, I saw, it was always on television, and he's the player I would have liked to have seen live um, with, my, uh, with my real eyes, as they say. And that's that's the one I'd, I'd go back to see if I could if I could see a player live for sure. Um, Haji. So to the right of Haji on the right wing, I would have any guesses here, lads, before I go in. On the right, uh, oh, I'm gonna go with Umit Davala. Okay, um, could be Davala. Hassan Sash. Yes, I've gone Hassan Shash. I've gone Hassan Shash. I think he played often on the left as well. Yeah. But um, I I have reserved the left the left of midfield for somebody else. So Hassan Shash is going to have to uh, is going to have to adapt his game in my dream team to play on the right. <laughs> I think he had he had he had quite a few decent games on the right anyway. But but anyway, Delhi Hassan on his day he was simply unplayable. 
Psychopath, um, though. Absolutely brilliant. Psychopath. Again, you need characters like that to fire up the team and fire up the fans. And um, he was just one of those really arrogant players as well. He was very fast, and people forget his pace. He was such yeah. a fast player. Very talented. Um, and he's got a lot of uh, iconic goals, and very rarely scored with his head, except once that I can recall. In, in 2001. That, no. No, it I was, was 2001 against... No, if anyone can recall, before. 2001, his header goal against... Ankara, could you? Uh, no, it was Milan in the Champions League. Oh. And uh, it was Haji Sanchash together. Haji took a free kick from, I think it was our own half, uh, and just hoofed the ball up towards the Milan goalkeeper. And Sanchash was the only player on the pitch who realised what was going on and ran all the way and hit it just kind of with the top of his head and looped the Milan goalkeeper. Ah, and like Sanchash, uh, I mean, Robin, his celebration. Percy style. Yeah, that kind of thing, exactly. And his celebration, he just ran to the touchline, pointing, basically punching himself in the head to say, look, I scored from a, a goal from a header. I scored a goal from a header. <laughs> so that was, um, that was a great goal and a very memorable celebration as well. And of course, the goal against Brazil in 2002 yeah. is what oh, made him a world yeah. star. Yeah. And then yeah. he got injured. <laughs> yeah, he got injured. And, and there was that this, was his World move. Cup up till that point. Yeah, yeah, sadly, sadly. He, um, and then there was, of course, the move to Liverpool that never happened. And he was also oh. supposed to be going to England and all this kind and of his, thing. And his histories with PEDs. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. 10-month suspension or something. He was banned, he was banned, yeah. That's right. See, he certainly had his history of controversy. Well... Uh, we no, don't worry. He left those years behind him before those days. But um, we have Hassan Shash on the right, and I'm going. I'm moving on to the third member of my midfield. Uh, is of course my okay. one true love. Ah, um, Wesley. 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 Wesley Benjamin Snyder, <laughs> the true number ten that should oh. still be playing for the club right now. My grandfather was called but, Benjamin. Oh really? Yeah, oh, strong name. Maybe my future son will be named Benjamin too after number 10. But um, I think I'm giving him the role on the left because he often played to the left of a 4-3-3 and kind of drifted around the left and into the centre. But I'm thinking that Haji is going to get forward quite a lot so he can move around and fill into those gaps. I'm not playing him as a winger at all before um, any listeners go crazy at me playing him on the left. Now, uh, I mean... There isn't too much to say about his ability. I mean, he was just such an extraordinary talent. Still is. Still is. Um, the buzz that his arrival caused at Jim Bomb was just unprecedented. His double strike in the 89th and 91st minutes against Fenerbahce was just the stuff of dreams. <laughs> I mean, that was potentially the most boring derby I've ever seen in my life yeah, until was... the 89th minute. Whoa, whoa. It totally blew up in the 89th. And I was like, wow, this is... This is this is what it's all about. And two minutes later, while my heart is still beating 150 miles an hour, he just does it again. Once to the left, then to the right. Uh, totally making a fool out of Volkan. Um, it wasn't like harder. It wasn't hard at that stage. Yeah, in his career. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's like that movie uh, Crank. Uh, I think it's I called Crank. Seen crank, Crank. No, I haven't seen that. Remind me. Remind what me. Is this it's, film? A, it's a movie with uh, Jason Statton where he has to inject himself with adrenaline constantly because he's been like poisoned or something, <laughs> uh, and otherwise he's gonna die. So that those those, <laughs> those couple of minutes, that was that was Crank. That sounds oh, like good, the, the kind good. of shit that Jason Statham would release. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a, I'm not a Jason Statham fan at all, actually. So that's like coincidentally that I've seen that. 
I've seen that one and then one with Ice Cube where he's on Mars uh, and there's like zombie people or something. <laughs> <laughs> and of course he was called Turkish in Guy Ritchie's Snatch. So. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Don't even know that movie. <laughs> oh, what? It's, it's classic. Can't. You must. What? Garija Snatch? What? Snatch. Snatch. Snatch, no. Never seen it. Right, we need named, to edge. Um, I think we have a different, different taste because, in the um, movies. Didn't, didn't it, the script in the film says something absurd about how his family were on a plane crash, Turkish Airlines plane crash, or, or the plane had to do an emergency landing or something. So, they ha- so they're named the son uh, Turkish as a memory yeah. for okay. that incident. Something like that. Put it on your list to do, Khan. Watch yeah, Snatch. Yeah. Great film. Uh, Great film. What's it about? Uh, before it's, a, I it's a gangster movie. Okay, what type gangster of gangster movie. movie? Like Scarface, Godfather, Goodfellas type of gangster movie? Or um, imagine it's more. It's very British, so it's in the the British East End. Uh, yeah, so like yeah. like Ju- the lock, stock, two smoking barrels, or what that movie's yeah, called. It's oh. kind of of that ilk. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. watch that now. No, but it but it does have it does also feature Brad Pitt playing uh, an Irish gypsy boxer, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, an Irish gypsy boxer. Yeah. Anyway, kind of, kind of a uh, raging bull esque thing, or uh, <laughs> again, again, I, I'd say uh, not in that league of film. This is a classic film, but uh, I definitely say watch Snatch for a bit of uh, a bit of entertainment. Great, great film. Great Fine, film. I'll, I'll back, watch. Back to uh, I'll back check to, out back some to Snatch. The, uh, back to the main event. <laughs> back to the main event. Wesley Snyder. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I do think that he's going to coach Darts to try one day. I think that. The way he left the club was uh, very, very, very sad and very bitter. You, but you, he didn't. You he think didn't he's leave. He's going to be a coach. Oh yeah, I definitely think. I think he wants it, and okay. I think uh, in in the future, it's, it's definitely something that will uh, will come come face to face with. I think the pro- the option will be there for him because oh. he left. He left. He has so many projects the, next uh, to the next to the field but... that I'm not sure if he's going to go into coaching. Oh, that's true. He has his own wine label now, as well as the, his construction company in Istanbul. But uh, I just think he, he he definitely wants to go into coaching. I've seen many interviews where he said that. And upon when posed the question, will you coach, potentially coach one day, I said, yeah, it's something I would I'd definitely think about doing. So I think it's on his mind for when he retires. So he'll definitely be involved in, in football one way or another. And certainly with, with uh, Jim Bond as well. Um, I actually met him in 2013 in London um, when the team were in, in town for the uh, Emirates Cup in the summer. Um, and I actually found out the hotel that the, the team was playing in, in in Liverpool Street in London. And I actually went down there with my dad. Uh, yeah. And there was a big crowd of fans outside the hotel, you know, like doing chanting and the kits and all this kind of thing. Obviously, none of them were allowed in because they were obviously just there to 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 um, to be loud and look at the players. But my my father and I showed up uh, quite smart, without any red and yellow, any of that kind of thing. So we kind of waltz straight in through the lobby and we were kind of greeted with open arms because they just probably thought we were business travelers or something like that uh and then um as soon as we as soon as we we walked in like we saw all the players sitting around and uh some of the coaching staff met davala tafarel so we said hi to those guys terry terry wasn't actually there at that time he must have been in his room doing his uh jacket or whatever but of course my doing eyes were on, on the prize doing doing his jacket you know he's very much uh in, oh. into his fashion Doing the uh, yeah, yeah, sure Italian suits. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but of course, my eyes were on the prize, and I was looking for Wesley all over the place. Couldn't see the guy. Um, <laughs> firstly, until, firstly, the I know, exactly, Honestly, I was like, oh god, I'm going to meet my hero. Uh, <gasps> and then, 
and then I just caught sight. And then you realize, then you the, looked down, and he was standing right in front of you, right? <laughs> oh no, no, no! And then I kind of walked around, uh, walked around behind the lobby a little bit, and there was a bar and restaurant on the other side, and I saw him sitting down in the bar with big entourage, including his brother, his father, and all these random people mm, uh, in the bar, but not not drinking, mind you, not drinking, because it was just before the Arsenal game. Um, so, but of course, I quickly snuck off to the bathroom to remove the shirt that I was wearing. To reveal underneath, of course, my red and yellow Galatasaray jersey, um, which I'd which I'd worn a white shirt over to cover, uh, and then I kind of ran back upstairs and I kind of uh, went over there with my marker pen and I started having a chat. Um, and then he was very he, he was really up for a chat. Such a nice guy, very down to earth. Um, and then asked him to do my autograph and everything. And then my dad came over later on and started having a chat with his dad. And then at one point, I remember thinking, "Wow, it's me and Wesley having a chat." My father and his father having a chat next to us. This is pretty, pretty damn surreal. Uh, so it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool moment, and uh, I shall frame that that jersey one day with a signature on it. It's my you lucky have one. To. Yeah. One day, do it now. You're not. Wearing I should. It, I, I should. I should. No. 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 I only okay. wear it in absolutely crucial games, cup finals, derbies, things like that. <laughs> Get it framed. No, that didn't <laughs> yeah. sound like Arnie at all. So, over to my <laughs> two up front. Sorry. <laughs> so I already alluded to this earlier on when I said that I've gone for kind of sentimental choices based on contributions in European Cup games. So number one is going to be dun 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 Super Mario Jardel, still okay. Gala's most expensive transfer and arguably, well, one of the best transfers for sure. Signed for about fifty million pounds, which back then was more than twenty twenty five million dollars. Not about sixty million dollars. Oh, I think uh, it's something. It was about twenty-five million, uh, I think, at the time. Umut, look it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it up. yeah. I'd be curious to find out what it was back then. But uh, single-handedly won us the Super Cup uh, with his uh, elegant golden goal from from uh, from my right back Fatiakyal's wonderful pass, uh, worth every penny. He's of course a double golden boot winner, not with Gala, of course, but either side of the years when he, when he was playing as Porter and Lisbon, and he was just one of the most extraordinary. Uh, prolific strikers I've ever seen. I mean, he just made goal scoring look easy, almost like a nuisance. He was like, "Oh, ball's here, let me just kick it away and score." Uh, he's just—it uh, I, I, was such a shame that his career at Gala was cut short because of our financial difficulties and what have you. But I would have liked to have seen him play uh, for for a long time with us. But he was certainly a real spark in uh, in our in our early two thousands. Umut has just confirmed that he was 17.05 million euros. Euros. Okay, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, it was about 50 million pounds, I think, at the time. So let's say just over 20 million dollars. Probably. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but you know you can't put a price on European silverware. So worth every penny. Um, and uh, sorry. <laughs> and my well. strike partner for Jardel. Have a lot of choice here. Any guesses as to who he might be? It's got to I be. Think, a, uh, it should be Hakan, but I think it's going to be Drogba. Um, I would. I think because you, you, you're sentimental. I think you're going to pick the guy that did sweet FA at the 2002 World Cup, and then ended up scoring the fastest goal in World Cup history in the third place playoff. <laughs> oh, you see that? That would have been uh, good logic if I if I had if I had uh, gone with this guy. That would have been a fair was, reason. He for was it. so but bad at the World Cup. He was though. an colossal flop. But you know oh. now he's in Guinness Book for a record. So, but it's not going to be him. No, it is going to be Didier Drogba, uh, international See, superstar, <laughs> most I famous player probably we've ever had at Galatasaray. Uh, 
you, you, you no. could argue internationally, Didier Drogba. I mean, if you ask a random person who doesn't know anything about football off the street, to name... Wouldn't you say uh, Haji's more famous? I, I think you have I mean, to... The world was you, different back then. The world is different. That's the thing. That's what I mean. Everyone knew Haji. Everyone I mean, Drogba was a superstar as a footballer and is still a superstar mm. now. So I think in terms of like star status, he brought a lot brought a lot to the club. Um, again, okay. thanks to Unal Isal, the Unal Isal effect. Um, I remember reading a headline in British newspaper at the time in 2013 saying, are Galatasaray part of Europe's elite after signing Wesley Snyder and Didier Drogba? And I just remember thinking, wow, guys, we really made it. Thank you, Isal. Thank you for putting us in the glitzy headlights of, of European football. And sure enough, he delivered as well. He, uh, he scored that um, iconic back heel against Real Madrid in the quarterfinal. Um, he's still, um, he scored a lot of goals in, um, in, in certain Turkish leagues for us. He scored on his first, I think it was his first touch against Akisar in 2013 as well. So he, he did so much for our club, both on and off the pitch. Um, and he, I think, fully deserves his spot in uh, in my lineup. And I hope that one day, again, he can come to Galatasaray as well in some some sort of capacity to uh, to be and to be an ambassador for us in the future. He still occasionally tweets and puts pictures and stuff on Instagram of his time there. So he obviously had a really good time and remembers Jim Bomb very fondly. So I'm very yeah, thankful sure. that we we uh, we got to see him play. And of course, when uh, in, I mentioned before about seeing the squad in the Emirates Cup, he and Snyder together basically single-handedly won us that, that, that tournament as well. Uh, and there were a couple of Arsenal fans afterwards saying, you see, look, if you spend the money on world-class talent, you win trophies. And I'm thinking, guys, Drogba was a free transfer and Snyder cost 7 million euros. Like, I think... I think uh, yeah, it's the it? wages, though. It's, yeah, it's, the wages. That's, there. that's still, the money. I think, I think Arsenal end up spending 11 million pounds on Callum Chambers the summer after that, for example. And I was like, yeah, but you can't, you know, how you, you spend you the can't money, compare... Yeah, exactly. What the the Premier League clubs, what they spend yeah. their money on, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, give 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 Besiktas a Galtrai if they that budget, and yeah. despite the fact of well, maybe they'd start to well, they'd probably start doing really stupid stuff too. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah, it's probably would. And my the best player <laughs> that I I had never seen that couldn't make it onto this this list is Tanju Chalak, who mm. uh, again another prolific striker, Golden Boot winner Ooh. in 1988 Ooh. with uh, yes. 39 goals. First and only Turk to win it. A lot of fans might might think my decision to even mention him is somewhat controversial, but hey, look, he uh, he was there in our in our European semi-final run. So based on my based on my method of picking them based on sentimental and European Cup reasons, then he he uh, he would definitely make it if if I if I'd been around to see him play. <laughs> and uh, who's coach? the kick the captain and the coach? Was he? Yes. Oh, okay. So the coach. Well, the coach is going to have to be Terim. Because he's been our most mm. successful manager, but I, I want to make a mention to Roberto Mancini and Frank Reichardt as well, especially Mancini because he had Tugai as his uh, as his assistant, and and for me that was like the ultimate dream team, the, the dynamic duo that I thought and <laughs> hoped that Galatasaray would stick with for many years to come. But sadly, alas, it didn't work out. But they looked pretty good on the touchline. I think that was that was the image of Galatasaray that I wanted, um, but uh, yeah, alas, it didn't last. But again, Mancini left on good terms, so that's 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 one win. Uh, and the other thing, oh yes, captain, captain, captain. I'm gonna go. Bulent. Yeah, yeah. Go go I'll stick with Bulent because. Okay, uh, Bulent, yeah. Yeah, 
couldn't couldn't be anyone else. Yeah, I didn't pick a captain, and honestly, in my team, I don't I don't really know who I should pick as a captain because none of the, well, there's a couple of players on that team that wore the captain armband, like Tumer and Sergen, but I don't think Sergen was ever a particularly good captain. Uh, Tumer was a decent captain, I guess. Uh, I guess I would go for Zago as a captain, really. I think uh, I like having a defender as a captain. Okay. Anything to add uh, to Umut's um, 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 <laughs> Anything to add to Uzzer's team, uh, Burak? Which is uh, which, which are the glaring omissions in your opinion? Well, the one mm. that sticks out straight away is Hakan Shakur, um, yeah. um, Turkey's all-time goal scorer. Galt, is he, is he Galatasaray's all-time goal scorer, or is that Metin yeah. Oktay? I can't remember. He is. He is. Yeah. He beat. I think he he's two hundred but he has like a hundred goals, a hundred matches more or something. Yeah, that's right. Two hundred thirty-six um, goals, but hundred also games more. So yeah. So yeah. took it. Yeah, it took him 80 years to get past that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. he just kept going way too long just to break that record. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, pretty much actually. That He, he yeah. dragged out his career by at least three years more than it should have done just to top that record. But yeah. uh, but he, he also cr- scored some... I mean, the goal against Leeds, for example, uh, in, oh, yeah. uh, in, in, in 2000 was just a top, top class goal. N- never seen a stick man pull something like that off. <laughs> Because that's kind of what it was like. He was the way he moved and 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 all that, and like he, he like the opposite of elegance. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But very, somehow yeah, it was still right. an elegant goal. Yes, very true, very true. Yeah. Had a great Euro two thousand as well. I think he, yeah. he got this two oh, yeah. goals against Belgium to Belgium, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. With, uh, with the Wilder not getting up high enough. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then later words he uh, went to uh, smack Arif. Yeah. Well, RF was yeah, always in deserving of a smack, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised uh, you didn't that, put Arif in your team, man. You need to have someone to win you some penalties. <laughs> I think with Haji and Schneider, and you, you don't need to have penalties, you'll be yeah. in scoring goals for absolute fun with blindfolds yeah. on oh, with those, gosh, those yeah. people on in the paper, team. On paper, sure. On yeah. paper, but I mean, who, they're both going to want the ball constantly. That might be a problem in, 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 real, you know, in, in, in practice. I mean, uh, um, the other one that maybe sticks out is a, a young Okon Buruk. Um, okay. Because uh, yeah. when, when he was a youngster, uh, before he broke his ankle, I think he broke his out for like eight, nine months with a broken foot. He was an absolute superstar when he he came onto the scene. So I was Lightning thinking, quick. Lightning, just skillful, quick dribble. Um, so I was thinking you may have gone for him over Deli Hassan. But... Um, maybe I'm showing my age as well. <laughs> yeah. No, fair, fair point actually, because yeah, Okan was was a supreme talent as well. Um, I just I, the the thing that pipped Hassan for me it was the Delhi factor because I, I like to fill the midfield with guys who uh, who just kind of run like headless chickens because I thought having Snyder and Haji <laughs> alongside them would give you that kind of elegant balance. So uh, can kind of, Hassan can kind of, uh, you know, do his thing on the side, and it won't it won't ruin the equilibrium too much. 
I'm just thinking if there's anyone I can... So, so I, I want to, since you said, uh, when, I, when I noted that uh, Gomez was, in my opinion, the best pure goal scorer I, I've seen in Turkey, which uh, you, you did mention, um, mm. we, we'll have a talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> so, so who, in your opinion, is, is better as a pure goal scorer then? I, I think Jad- it has to be Jardel. Jardel. Because, okay. because he's proven it time and time again at the top, top, top uh, level. And on top mm. of that, he won two golden boots. So I think it's 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 uh, hard to argue against uh, his mm. uh, his evidence, his goal scoring evidence. Yeah, I'm not arguing against it, but I mean, in Turkey, he didn't score that much. I mean, how many goals did he end that season? Eighteen, I think. Uh, Jardel or yeah, or Gomez? yeah. Uh, Jardel, Let me just double Jardel. check. I think it was more than that, but let me just quickly double check. I think that. He had eighteen in goals the in the league that season. Um, definitely, I mean, in Portugal, he was phenomenally at like scored, um, sc- two or no, three seasons 20, where he 22. scored 40 something goals. Uh, Jardel um, scored 22 in 2001. Okay. 22. Okay, I thought it was 18. Yeah, but, but, still, um, but still didn't finish top scorer, actually. Okan Yilmaz of Borussia Sporska had scored 23. Yeah, right, right, right. Penalty merchant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think when it comes to. I, I don't know, man. I think both are top-class finishers, world-class mm. finishers. But, I mean, Gomez, multiple-time top scorer in the Bundesliga. I rate that higher than than, than, than the Portuguese league. Uh, Champions League winner. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. But it's, me, it's, uh, it's, it's a good fight. It's a good fight. Yeah, and for the, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of uh, mind-boggling to think that we can have that debate. Exactly, in, exactly. For, agree, for the Turkish agree. league. I agree. Um, yeah. uh, well, that's our that's our three teams, uh, but we have a special guest on today as well. Um, and Umut Nadere, my good friend and colleague, um, will be joining us next week as well, because Uzer will be out of town as well next week and so will Burak and, and Patrick Cox will be joining us again hopefully uh, but Umut I hope you'll be up for it and uh, we'll be stepping in for our good friend Uzer here and Umut as well is a Galtrai fan uh, maybe you can tell a little bit more about yourself Umut and maybe also give your quick uh, favorite 11 um, just to give people an idea of, of where your head's at yeah yeah I'm pleased to be here uh, with you guys uh, uh, I also support uh, Ozer's team, but uh, even though I haven't witnessed live uh, the players like uh, Popescu, Haji, or like uh, Fatih Akil, I think he said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, because of my age, like I'm uh, 24, so uh, I would like to say like we lose. See, uh, for Popescu, like uh, he plays for like in 2013, I think, for us or 12. Uh, which, yeah, the first the first title, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, first title. Like he also mm-hmm. like uh, played with Semikaya at the time. He was like young, holding uh, his hand. Yeah, true, true. Coaching him through it, uh, yeah, making he was him like, look like a superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a commander uh, in the defense and played a big role in that championship of, of mm-hmm. ours. Uh, but too bad he came to us in his late ages, so uh, he retired at us, I think, uh, to football. Yeah, he got an injury, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Sadly, he got a bad injury. 
Yeah, I he would was say in the first days of the uh, of the season, I think. Yeah. yeah, the second season. Yeah. Yeah, I would say we fully see for Popescu in my team. Uh, also, uh, for Nagatomo, uh, I preferred like a more talented player like Riera. Uh, hmm. uh, the... Oh, yeah, the makes sure Riera, yeah. yeah. yeah but course, he was yeah. a winger moved back, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he, cheating. Is that... <laughs> no, he played. He played. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He played a lot of matches there. You're right. He played, and he also uh, got a championship uh, playing there. Uh, was that with Gerets? Or... No, no, no. That was with Terim. Terim, Terim, oh. yeah, Terim put yeah. him there uh, for Hakem Balta. Uh, not an originally left back, but uh, he did well. Uh, also, mm-hmm. uh, made some assists during assists, the, yeah. yeah, in Champions League. Uh, also, like played a big role uh, in Schalke game, uh, awkwardly yes. making the assist to Burak, true. True, true, like true. bouncing the ball in front of him. Uh, also like uh, I don't really comprehend how did he defend but he learned really quickly uh, and adapted his position Uh, also uh, I would prefer Keita for Hassan Shash like Mm. very talented uh, very quick uh, yeah Yeah. Uh, he's pretty good Great player. That was that was in the dark ages of Besiktas, where we could only hope to have a player like that. I remember. <laughs> also, like we... he was a trickster on the right wing, like uh, very quick and uh, doing the most unexpected kind of things. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he was so fast your... on the wings. I remember he was being he was a really explosive winger. What about your goalkeeper, though? It can only really be one ma- one name, I, I assume. Yeah, I'm between Musler and Mondragon, I think. Okay. Uh, really? I mean, I like Mondragon a lot in his first and second season, but, I mean, Musler has been so good for so long. Like, I mean, okay, Musler but... is the one of the first keepers I've watched live in Galatasaray, so, like, he's a, he has a special place, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, also, he has a... He had that Juventus game, he started, uh, like, uh, made, like, 10 or 11 saves against them, against Marco Divayo, David, Trezeguet, uh, Del Piero, I think. Was Divayo playing there back then? Yeah, yeah, in Juventus in uh, 2003. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, you're talking Mondragon. about Mondragon, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about uh, Muslera. Nah. I was like... Yeah, Marco Divayo. Also, uh, had a real good com- uh, competition with Oscar Cordoba, his national teammate. Yeah, yeah. Yes, true. We had a better one, though. Uh, <laughs> well, he gave away that uh, 2006 championship uh, in Besiktas game against Galatasaray. No, Cordoba. Uh, Cordoba. In that Hassan Kabze is scoring oh. twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were That's out of the title race already at that point, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> only only Federbache cared. <laughs> Those were two torpedoes, man. Also, uh, I think it's uh, good to mention Elmander. Uh, ah, you want Elmander, yeah. Like, uh, uh, like an opposite playing style for Jardel. Uh, mm. Really opposite. 
Yeah, like he was a, like not a good scorer, uh, but like he was playing for the team, like and uh, persistent wise, strong, uh, influential. Doesn't score much, but he provided some assists or like uh, scoring chances uh, while he played. Uh, he was great, I think, uh, and played a good role in the championship with Tareem. Again, got cut short by an injury, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in the last games, uh, he was also like uh, really angry on the pitch because he was going out. Uh, but not uh, as bad as Quaresma, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, big game player. He scored in nearly every single derby, right, didn't he, Almanda? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Transospor, Besiktas, Galatasaray. Yeah. So he right. he showed up when it mattered. Yeah, yeah, true. I think he stole the ball from Bilica uh, and scored against uh, Volkan. Fabio Bilica. Yeah, yeah. Penalty point hitman. Yeah, digger. Yeah. <laughs> I'd completely yeah. forgotten about Fabio Bilica. Why did he yeah. have yeah. I, under, did I understand. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> I'd locked that away in the deepest, darkest part of my brain. <laughs> do, do you have any other uh, player you want to uh, substitute? I don't want to uh, change Haji, but uh, I think yeah. Cassio Lincoln should be mentioned for number 10, like biggest number 10 since Haji came to Galatasaray, and fans were expecting too much from him. Uh, sure. He came from Schalke, uh, and I, his like, his uh, twenty uh, uh, two thousand and nine performance was really crucial. Uh, but uh, even though Galatasaray failed to win the title, uh, I remember his Hertha Berlin game. He came out as a captain for the team. Uh, I think his best game with us. Uh, Played really well and oh, like, yeah. yeah, we won that game in Berlin. Two uh, yeah. nil. Yeah, yeah. Two nil. Wow. Yeah. It was a really great, great game uh, in a UEFA Cup, uh, mm -hmm. like in the last 16, I think. Uh, at that time, like uh, we got eliminated to Hamburg. Uh, oh please, don't mention it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah at quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bad game. Uh, I always blame uh, Blunt Korkmaz for that defeat. However, the team was uh, not quite uh, at that level at the time. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you have Mr. Umit Karan up front, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was good, but uh, not... Uh, no, not he, not no. in your team, really. Yeah, he. I like him really much because he was. Yeah, I know. he was You're like a unique to fanboy. I bet you have all his shirts. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> he really is. We had like this massive discussion about Emil Karan once. As like <laughs> he was arguing that he was like the. Be I was like, what are you saying? Hey, He's not better guy. than Fatih. Oh, no, I, I said he was better were... than Fatih Teke. Yeah, than Fatih Teke. I was like, no, no, Fatih Teke was so much better because Fatih Teke in his prime was such an amazing player. But Yumit uh, so Karam was like unique to his style. Like he was a first-time shutter. Like uh, he had the best volley kind of things in the Turk in the league. I think 
has too much uh, like bicycle bicycle kick kind of like uh, before yeah. before so before so yeah yeah okay. so, similar similar similar, similar a, quite a few of those though. similar way we can talk about Najati as well in the same yeah, yeah. category as, as Karam as well it's also kind of unpredictable I hate, I hate Najati also he, his hair oh that oh. hair the divine oh, he... ponytail the, un- oh. the undercut ponytail <laughs> oh the yeah. ponytail <laughs> It just just Still cut it, it off. Though. Still got he's... it now to this day. Uh, yeah, he's respect. had the same hairstyle for twenty freaking years. It's, it's also, like, his second like game to Galatasaray was too crucial in our his... title. Yeah, he, he had eleven really yeah. important goals that season. That's true. Yeah, yeah. and in a just one half of the season. Hmm, was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. True. I remember he scored like eleven, but uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he definitely he was important there. He's got some clutch goals and that were very important for the title. Uh, was it the super final season? I think it was. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah super final. Uh, a buggy season. Sh- I actually liked the way Turkey did it though because we didn't have the points in Belgium. They have that same system, but then they have the points. So if you have got sixty points after the first half of the season, after the regular season, they cut it in two and you have thirty points. But if the second team had fifty points, they then suddenly only instead of having ten points less than you, they have five points less than you. So in, in Belgium it works like that. In Turkey they just went to the final I, I kind of like that system more I wouldn't mind us having that I think because then you keep your royal lead if you have a royal lead and I think the, the most deserving team will all, all, almost always uh, will, uh, will, will, will always win the league I think in that situation but the way it works in Belgium it's kind of messed up but uh, I don't mind that super final uh, system actually I, I kind of wish they would have stuck with that perhaps and then went to it like a relegation playoff instead of having three teams go down directly. But I digress. Uh, Umut, please tell us a little bit more about yourself as well, though, because you're going to be on next week. Uh, you're, where are you from? Um, are you a season ticket holder or something? <laughs> what do you What do? You do uh, in terms of... You're still a student, of course, 24 years old, but what do you study? Uh, that kind of stuff. And um, All right. Yeah, anything like that. All right, I'm uh, from Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, I've been living in uh, here ever since. Uh, uh, but now uh, I have a chance to uh, go abroad uh, for study. Uh, I've uh, graduated from Yetepe University here, uh, computer engineering. Uh, and I will go to uh, England for master's, uh, which is about uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, and uh, I support Galatasaray as well, like Özer. Uh, I go to matches whenever possible. Uh, I have a season ticket. Uh, uh, today I went to the Malatya game. It wasn't really good. Uh, Nil-nil. Didn't give much. Uh, but like, we are here. And uh, how did you get so enthralled in football? I should. Say. Uh, what, what's what, what what sucked you in? Does like do you have like you, you, is your dad like a big football fan? Or uh, it... He's a Galatasaray lover. I think uh, he made me 
got strike fan when I was a little boy. Uh, had a good influence on me. Uh, so I would argue. So he showed you the right path, Bravo. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. <laughs> uh, also, <clears throat> I played uh, too many football games when I was a kid uh, in computer. Uh, Eleven. A winning eleven pass or yes. FIFA, uh, <laughs> every chance possible. Uh, so, like, I grow up uh, playing them. So uh, that's why I'm so into it. And do you do anything with football besides watch it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, as with you, uh, I work in EA as an editor. So. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you want those Galtry ratings to go up, uh, talk to Umut. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> that's not, that's not how it works. Um, uh, everyone yeah. believes so. <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks it works like that, but it's not that simple. Um, yeah, that's uh, Umut, and he'll be back with us next week uh, to practice his English because he's moving to England, of course, like he said, for his master's degree, so he yeah, needs and, lots of practice. Um, uh, my English not as fluent as you guys. Uh, oh, don't worry, mate. I'm, me. I'm used to <laughs> a horse from my cousins. <laughs> uh, yes, great player, yes, yes. No, no, uh, your, your English is uh, fine. Great, great. The only way you can improve it is by practicing it uh, every day. Yeah, in, um, in Turkey, uh, like, chances are so low. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Plus... I, I'm I'm a big proponent of uh, not dubbing television shows, and that's something that happens in Turkey, of course, and in France, and in Germany. And I think that's why so many French people and so many Germans uh, have broken English, um, whereas I, I learned English purely from television because in Belgium they don't dub, or at least they did not use to dub when I was a kid. So I. Uh, Learned it from subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Look. Uh, I also watch uh, TV shows uh, from Netflix uh, or uh, yeah. from TV. Uh, we have, we had CNBC E here here, yeah. but uh, it was closed down and made into a TNT oh. or That's something like, like that. But back in the day when I used to go to uh, on vacation to Turkey, like and then would go for like an entire summer, like I would literally like when I was. In, inside the house and watching TV as a binge watching shows on CNBC yeah yeah uh, I also uh, grow up watching uh, TV stuff with subtitles on not dubbing because I hate dubbing uh, mm. because I think it's like as a disrespect to the original yeah. actors and the quality is uh, never quality, yeah, not, yeah. not as close to the original for sure. Um, but of course, we're a football program and we will yeah. be talking about semantics and uh, football and dubbing and stuff like that. So uh, I don't know if any of you have still got anything to add, guys, to the, our, our today's episode. Uh, I, I was planning on making this a quick 30-minute uh, uh, episode, but I think uh, <laughs> I think that kite has flo- <laughs> flown. <laughs> you, know, you know what we could do? Just an idea. We could actually, if, if you can be bothered, to split this into three or f- split into four actually so you have one week or one episode for Basic Dash one episode for Fener, blah 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 you know what I mean mm. the, Fener, I the Fener 11 the Basic Dash 11 the, Jim Bomb 11 I think there was a little bit too little back and forth for maybe. that in, in, yeah, in every segment so hmm. I'm just gonna drop it as one but uh, yeah right. well, I'm else? gonna gonna edit it a little bit okay. uh, not too much to edit out of here so 
Um, but no. All right. On behalf of uh, our soon-to-be WrestleMania goer Burak Sezgin, Uzra, what are you doing on 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 Monday? Oh, you, I'm actually uh, uh, I'm actually going to be in London. I have a I have a pressing engagement in London over the weekend. Ah. I am to Monday, so I'm flying Blind back date. Tuesday. Tuesday, I'm flying back Tuesday morning. So, unfortunately, he, sw- he swiped left, people, or is it right? <laughs> I don't really know. I'm like the post to like I got a yeah I I, I I missed a Tinder thing, so I don't know which way you have to swipe for yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah. Um, uh, you found true happiness. That's the important thing. Yeah. Unlike our yeah. kids today. True. Oh, you're still there, guys. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so that, that'll be that'll oh, be yeah. <laughs> that'll be it for this week for episode seven. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back with the Turkish Super League uh, next week, Tuesday. We'll be recording on Monday with Pat and with Umut, and then the week after that, I hope both of our gentlemen will be back. I'm not sure if uh, Brock will be fully recuperated from his uh, trip to the United States of America. Because, of course, he'll be attending lots of wrestling events. So should you be a big wrestling geek like Burak is, and I have to admit it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine too, feel free to give him a couple of tweets at Burakiosaurus and uh, maybe he'll be tweeting some pictures live from the MetLife Stadium uh, where he will be attending WrestleMania 36, I want to say. 35? Okay, 35. Okay, with, uh, of course, Ronda Rousey and uh, the other two women in the main event. (laughs) But, uh, again, football podcast, not a wrestling podcast. So thank you all for listening. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.